Alhamdulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa lah amma ba'd assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh So you guys all know me nothing new <laughs> but alhamdulillah this stage is fantastic and beautiful mashallah tabarakallah and I'm happy to be the first to warm things up inshallah ta'ala for tonight and the topic that I was given was actually the prophetic model of social engagement the prophetic model of social engagement that's what I'm tasked to talk about tonight inshallah ta'ala and so before we talk about how do we get involved in our community social engagement we want to be so involved in our community right actually that's not where I want to start because I could obviously list yes you should be doing X Y and Z in terms of the community but the fact of the matter is if most of us are minimally engaged in our community then how do we come we become the type of people what type of internal qualities must change so that we become socially engaged and what I would submit to you today is that there's a big difference between having a weak personality and a strong personality what do I mean by this what do you think when it came to the Prophet weak personality or strong personality Strong personality. Sallu ala nabi. The Prophet as we just mentioned, came to, as the Mufti just talked about, came to a place that was known for its sickness, and then subhanAllah, he transformed into something that was munawwara, glowing and shining and bright, a beacon to all of humanity. What qualities did he have? The Prophet was not afraid to take risks. The Prophet wasn't afraid to make decisions. The Prophet wasn't the type of person who is constantly confused or hesitating. Al-Mutaraddid, you know, always not unsure of himself. The Prophet was not pessimistic. Salbi, being this type of person who, I'm not sure, no, it's not going to work. The Prophet was not imma. What does imma mean? Somebody tell me. What is the word imma? Say again. Oh, yes. Follower, I would say a yes man, a sycophant. Just somebody who, you're with one group, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever you say. Goes with another group, yeah, yeah, whatever you guys say. Just a yes man, a sycophant. He wasn't imma. The Prophet wasn't afraid to stand out. These are six different qualities I wanted to mention for a very specific reason. Because if we want to be the type of people that turn our community into a beacon of light, and if we want to have these sunnah qualities, then the only way we're going to do so is not by just get engaging in certain activities, but rather it has to start internally. You have to ask yourself, am I this type of person who is afraid of risk? Am I the type of person who is always hesitating to make a decision? Am I pessimistic? Am I afraid to stand out? And if the answer is yes, then you can expect that our community will continue to go under the radar. We will not have social engagement. And again, that's the topic of today, social engagement. It starts from within. Now, to be clear, I'm not saying that each of us have to be loud and obnoxious or we have to be hard-headed and bully people into holding our positions. And I'm not saying that everybody has to stand up here and be a speaker under the lights. You don't have to do, it's not like everybody has to be that way. But you do have to have certain qualities. You have to have what? Taqdeerul that. What does that mean? Taqdeerul that. Somebody help me out. Self-esteem. Fantastic. Self-value, self-esteem. Taqdeerul that. You have to be the type of person that has self-esteem. Are we those who have that go-get-em attitude? 
I'm sure you guys have all heard the quote, the difference between the person that has high self-esteem and low self-esteem. The person with high self-esteem says what? If somebody can do it, that means I can do it. And if nobody can do it, then I must do it. I must be the first. That's high self-esteem. The low self-esteem person says what? Wallahi, if somebody can do it, yeah, I mean, let him do it. And if nobody can do it, yeah, Habibi, how do you expect me to do it? You see, this unfortunately is a very popular attitude amongst the Muslims. We have this attitude of let somebody else do it. If they can, let them do it. We are unfortunately very good at coming to the masjid and listing all the complaints. Why isn't this cleaner? Why are the shoes like that? Why isn't this fixed up? Why don't they have classes for these people and those people? Why not, why not, why not, subhanAllah. And you complain and you complain and you feel like what? Pat yourself on the back. I did a good job. I complained a lot today. Yeah, that's fantastic. Good. I told them all their problems. Now you guys, go fix it. And raise up a statue in my honor and let me know that I'm awesome because I pointed out all the problems. Ha ha ha. Aren't I fantastic? This is a real sickness. If ever you catch yourself saying the words, you know, somebody should do something. Immediately catch yourself. Oh, I just said it. The most useless words in the world. You know, someone should really do something. Every time I hear somebody say that, it just makes me feel sick. You know, oh, someone should do something about it. Yes, yes, you're right. And observing that is not very brilliant. It doesn't take a genius to catch that someone should do something. The question is, now that you have noticed this, now that you understand this, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to be the one that says, well, if somebody else can do it, let them do it. And if nobody can do it, then why do you expect me to do it? No. You want to be the person with high self-esteem. If someone can do it, that means I can. And if nobody can't, then I have to be the first. That is the attitude you want. The Prophet ﷺ taught us how to have this strong personality. How to engage in your environment fully. Not to be the person in the back. And you see, I see it every Jummah, I'm standing there. And I see in every Jummah, there's a big difference between those who sit in the front, fully engaged, won't move their eyes, won't blink, not because I'm so brilliant, but because they know, mashallah, tabarakallah, there's an ajr for the one who sits quietly and pays full attention to the Imam, even if he's completely boring. You still have to do it, not for their sake, not for my sake, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there's others who are minimally engaged, weak personality, sitting in the back, just barely paying attention, maybe on their phone, maybe talking in the back, disturbing others. We see this. Do they not realize that the Prophet taught us to be people with what? High self-esteem, strong personality. Indeed, Allah and His angels, they send blessings upon who? The first rows. Get engaged. Yes, this is obviously particular to the masjid and to the salawat, but it's more than that. It's the attitude of what? In anything that you do, get to the front. Whatever you do, be fully engaged. If not, just quit, walk away. Why are you wasting your own time and the time of others by half-stepping? I'm sort of in, but I don't really know. Okay, then leave. If you're not fully engaged, what are you doing? Either in or out. The Prophet taught us to be people of high self-esteem. How? By subhanAllah teaching us the foundation. The foundation of it all. As Mufti Abdul Wahab just mentioned, it all starts and ends with the Qur'an. And I thought he said it beautifully. Never think that the Qur'an and the recitation is just for, you know, decoration. Oh, you have a beautiful voice. No, you have to pay attention to the ayat. You have to know what is being said. We have to take the Qur'an seriously. At what time do we need to take the Qur'an seriously? Based on what the, uh, our, our reciter, Brother Fadish, just recited. At what time should we pay attention to the Qur'an? Come on, guys. Who was listening to, who was listening to the Qur'an that, as he recited it? What did he say? Huh? MashaAllah, some people are engaged. All right. Which surah was that? 
Surah which? Surah Isra. Very nice. Quran al-Fajr kana mashhuda. All right, all right. So good stuff. We're paying attention. The Prophet tells us what? The Quran is foundational. Because the Prophet tells us, خيركم من تعلم القرآن وعلمه The best of you are those who learn the Qur'an and teach it. That means your whole life you're engaged in a process of learning and teaching and learning and teaching. Every time you learn something fascinating, you've got to talk to somebody about it. Every time you learn more about the Qur'an, you've got to tell somebody about it. You've got to show somebody. You have to, you have to engage with it. This is how you have to be. Why? Why do you become the best? Best in what way? You become the best, number one, in your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because you're constantly in beautiful conversation with your Lord. And that's how you get to know anybody. How are you in conversation? Well, because you make dua. And dua is you speaking to him. And you're reading Qur'an, and that is Allah speaking to you. And the best way to get to know anybody is how? You have a conversation. So the best of you are best in what way? In your relationship with your Lord. Why? Because you're constantly connected to this Qur'an. That's number one. Number two is what? You're the best in terms of your community. Why? Because you're teaching people the best thing that they can learn. You're connecting to each and every person in this community. In what way? Through the Qur'an. Is there anything better than that? So you're the best with your Lord, you're the best with your community, but there's something else. And the third thing is what I really want to focus on. You're the best because of your confidence. This is what I think is really the crux of the matter. And I'm glad the Mufti mentioned it right, right off the bat. It has to boil down to the Qur'an. We want to be engaged in society, right? That's the theme. I don't want to lose focus here. I got to bring it back. We're talking about being engaged in society, right? How are you going to be engaged with non-Muslims? If you don't have a solid foundation and knowledge of your deen, starting with the Qur'an itself, if you don't have that foundation, you're not going to go very far. You are not going to find that you have the ability to have a genuine conversation where you are enthusiastically sharing what you know about your deen. Why? Because you haven't taken the Qur'an seriously yourself. We want to be engaged with the communities around us, and believe me, there is a lot of hunger. I'll be talking about this on Jum'ah, inshallah, in a lot more detail, but... I recently had, just in Launch Fishers, right over there, I had a meeting with, uh, it was an interfaith meeting, interfaith breakfast with the mayor, and it was very interesting. Lots of different, I, I looked at the list, as everybody was signing in, I saw the list, church, 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 and I was like, oh, I'm the only masjid, <laughs> alhamdulillah. Uh, so, uh, pretty, it was pretty exciting. And alhamdulillah, I was able to actually speak. They said, does anybody have anything to say? I got up first, I was like, I'm gonna take advantage. And so alhamdulillah, I tried to, I'm not gonna go through all the details, but anyway. I wanted to make myself known, I wanted everybody to see me, and afterwards I got a lot of phone numbers, alhamdulillah. Why? Because my goal is to start giving those numbers to various brothers who, mashallah, have volunteered to create connections. So why? So that next year, 2024, inshallah ta'ala, we can hit the ground running every month with another interfaith engagement. Why? Because that's our job. But we're not going to do very well if we feel shaky and weak in the foundations of our deen. You need to know your Qur'an. You have to be strong. You have to know your deen well. And then it, that confidence, it's addictive. That confidence, it rubs off on others. They feel it, they see it. They're like, what does this guy have that I don't? And they want it. And this is what I want our, our community to have, inshallah ta'ala. We need to be confident in our deen. But I don't just want us to connect to non-Muslims. I don't want us to think that. Obviously, we need to connect to each other. And are we? If we're going to talk about social engagement, how familiar are you with the people around you? Take a second, just look around. Go ahead, take a second. Look around. Look at, the, look at the brothers on this side. Look at the faces. How many people can you say by name? How many of the people can you say, I know that person's name? Go ahead, take a look. I bet you some of us, in fact, probably most of us, look around 
And they say, mm, I think I know about like five people here, maybe 10 people here. And then we want to say, how can we have, make a difference in our community? SubhanAllah, we don't know each other. This is a problem. We shouldn't just be engaging with each other. We should be engaging in a way that we're trying to benefit each other constantly. When the Prophet ﷺ talked about kibr, arrogance, what did he say? That the person who has even an, an atom's weight of kibr, of arrogance in their heart, won't enter paradise. The Sahaba got afraid. Ya Rasulullah, what if I like to look good? I like to dress good? What's the. No. The Prophet clarified. That Allah is beautiful and He loves beauty. However, you want the clear definition of what kibr is? The Prophet says, What? Arrogance. Or pride is what? It's hating the truth and it is to look down on others. I want us all to pay real close attention. You might say to yourself, I'm not that person. I don't look down on others. Are you sure? Here's a real solid way to make sure you're not the type of person that looks down on others. You ready for it? Please pay attention. Do you uplift others? Do you uplift others? Because if you don't, if you're not uplifting others, then you're kind of in no man's land. You're kind of in the gray zone. Sometimes I might look down on others, sometimes I might not. No, but if you're actively engaged in trying to uplift others, then inshallah ta'ala, then it's quite certain. You're obviously not looking down on others because you want to see the best in them. Now here's my question. Do we have elders in the community that have lots of experience, that have lots of knowledge, that have been working professionals? Let's give an example. Do we have, don't raise your hands by the way, you're not going to like where this is going, so don't raise your hands. But uh, let's say, have you started a business? I'm sure some of them would say, yeah, yeah, I started a business, I've, I have lots of experience. MashaAllah, do you know that there's young men in this community that want to start a business? Yeah. Are you willing to help them? Uh, not really. I'm kind of like of the who cares persuasion. Doesn't that break your heart? Isn't that so sad? I mean, I'm just saying, I'm sure all the speakers here tonight can understand what I mean when I say that our job is to constantly go through books and listen to lectures and gather whatever we can of benefit. Why? So we can get up on the mimbar and share it with everybody. That's our mindset. That's, all, that's our job, literally. We are constantly trying to find anything good so we can share it with all of you. And then we find out, oh yeah, there's a bunch of people here that know how to get, I don't know, tax exemptions, and mashallah, they know how to work the system to start a business and help themselves this way and that way, they know what to invest in, and, and they're keeping all that to themselves so they can get old and gray and eventually die and keep all those secrets with them in the grave. Why? And then the best part, oh, our youth, we need to help our youth. I love when I hear all the crocodile tears. Oh, brothers, why, why don't we help the youth? We need to help our youth. Of course you do. So help the youth. Ah, not me, yeah, I mean, somebody else. Someone else could do it, let them do it, right? And if nobody else can do it, well, like, how can I do it? Don't you find that sad? But subhanAllah, how much talent do we have in this community that is going completely untapped? I think a lot. So yes, if we want social engagement, let's start with ourselves. Let's start with each other. Let's start seeing the potential in each and every one of us, especially the younger ones, and let all the adults and the elders say, you know what, I have something to give. I have something to offer. Let's start there, inshallah ta'ala. I recently just, actually it was yesterday, I had three brothers in my office. Three guys, young men, mashallah, that are all 
starting in their business, starting to make some serious money, and they're all watching what's happening on the news, and they see how well connected the enemies of Islam are financially, connected to all kinds of businesses. They know how, who to buy, who to pay off. You can see, you guys all know what I'm talking about. And there are a lot of people, I'm, <laughs> I can't tell you how many people are telling me, we need to get organized. We need to work together. We need to pool our money together. We need to invest. We need to figure out something for the community. And so I have these three brothers in my office. It's pretty funny. And they're like, man, this was so great. We had a nice long discussion. And by the end of it, they're like, isn't it so nice that we're all here at Juma? I was like, Habibi, that's the point of Juma. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, he was like, isn't this, what a coincidence. We're all here today. I'm like, what you, it's not a coincidence. It's fun. What is the objective of Juma? Of course, number one, to hear a good lecture. Right? So that you can have a lesson for the week. What's objective number two? Stand next to one another and worship your creator together. And objective number three, networking. Networking. Get to know each other. Do you know how sad it is when there are so many Muslims that have so many skills and they never want to see each other succeed? Oh, you need a lawyer? I know a guy, non-Muslim guy. Why? What about the Muslim one? Oh, you need a mechanic? Here's the, the one I go to. Why? Why not the Muslim one? Network. Get together. Benefit from one, one another. Use one another. But unfortunately, many of us, if I'm not personally profiting, then I don't want to connect them together. Unless I get a cut, right? So we need to get a little bit more serious when it comes to these things. A few final points, I know I'm going long. You know, young people, they often ask the question, as a Muslim, am I allowed to have non-Muslim friends? What do you guys think the answer is? Am I allowed to have non-Muslim friends? Yalla, go ahead, throw it out. Yes? No? I heard a yes and a no. <laughs> mashallah. So, mashallah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so, um, so yes. Seems there's a little difference of opinion, but the answer that I typically give, that I think is the correct answer, is what? Can you have a non-Muslim friend? Well, my answer is simple. When two people are together, either A is influencing B or B is influencing A, okay? So, based on that fact, you have to ask yourself, as a Muslim, am I helping him learn about Islam and hopefully one day going to get that shahada by, by the permission of Allah, or am I slowly going to where he wants us to go? Let's go to the movies, let's go to the clubs, let's go here, there, whatever. So who's influencing who? That's typically the answer. And by the way, every time I say that, I see all the parents nodding their heads. And then I say, ah, so you agree with me, huh? Okay, parents, I have the same question for you. You're living in the West here, right? By virtue of you living here, are you being affected? Of course you are. That's like saying, oh, they threw me in the ocean, but I didn't get wet. I'm sorry, it doesn't work like that. Someone throws you in the ocean, you hit the water, you get wet. So you're living here. Now here's my question. If you're going to be influenced by them, how are you going to undo that? Or how are you going to make sure that you are more influential towards them than they are towards you? Where is the social engagement? Where is the emphasis on interfaith gatherings? I, subhanAllah, I remember when we built this masjid, the biggest one, to my knowledge, in Indiana. And as they say, the most beautiful masjid in America. You guys saw that YouTube clip? There's a YouTube video that has like hundreds of thousands, I think like a quarter million views. It's called the most beautiful masjid in America. MashaAllah. I wasn't featured once in it. No, I'm just joking. It's okay. It's okay. Anyway. Anyway, point being. So. We have, do you know why? Everyone was saying we need to have the most beautiful one. Why? So that we can bring others in. We don't feel shy. We don't feel embarrassed. We want to bring as many non-Muslims as possible. So we can teach them about Islam. If Muslims are 1% of the United States, you know what that means? That means each person here has the responsibility of spreading and sharing Islam with 99 other people. 
right? If everybody does that, then inshallah ta'ala, we've introduced them to Tawheed, Nubu'ah, and Akhirah. Three basic things. God is one, God sends books and messengers, and you're going to die, and there's either going to be a heaven or hell. You explain those three basic concepts to 99 people, and you can say, Ya Rab, I did my part. Inshallah. So you know what you can do? Organize an interfaith event. Let's say you get 40 people. Okay, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting pretty close. The next interfaith event is what? Let's say 30 people. Okay, getting closer. All right, all right. Then you get the third one. You finish it off to 99, and inshallah, you can relax. Don't relax, keep going, inshallah. But still, you get my point. Why do we have this mentality? Unfortunately, I find most of us don't, even though we built the masjid with that mentality in mind. So alhamdulillah, as I mentioned, we have, I got a bunch of phone numbers from various churches all around us. Alhamdulillah, I had about five volunteers call them up, set up meetings. Alhamdulillah, the most recent one, Brother Ahmed was just telling me, about, where did he go? There he is, mashallah, that's what I had to call you out. Mashallah, just to... Uh, is going to be setting up at the beginning of the year, inshallah, beginning of 2024. We're expecting a great uh, basketball event with the youth of Heartland Church, inshallah, to be balling it up with, uh, in our masjid with the youth of our masjid as well. And we're going to mix up the teams. Don't worry. It won't be like, uh, you know, like a crusade situation where it's like, ah, oh, we're trying to get, get to each other. No, we're going to mix up the teams. We're going to have a good time, inshallah. And then we're going to eat with them. We're going to talk to them about Islam. And we're going to try to make sure that they know a lot more about our deen than they used to. That is the goal. And inshallah, that's just the beginning of the year. We hope that again and again and again, we are going to not only get to know each other better, but get to know our community better. I know I'm going on long, so I'm going to finish with one last statement. Very nice quote I heard recently. If you don't tell your story, someone else will, and you won't like the ending. I'll say that again. Please listen. Beautiful quote. If you don't tell your story, somebody else will, and you won't like the ending. You guys get the point? Do you really think that they are not talking about what's going on in the Middle East right now, in their churches, at their dinners, when hanging out? You don't think everybody has an opinion about Muslims? Oh, I'm sure they do. Everybody's talking and saying, oh, you know, the Middle East, these people are like that, and all oh, the people of Palestine, they're like, oh, you know, these Muslims, they're like this, and everybody's got an opinion. I'm sure the pastors are talking, I'm sure the regular folk are talking all the time at work and at school, and everybody has an opinion. It seems like we're the only ones saying, let's just hide in this beautiful masjid and not give our perspective. Well, maybe if you gave your perspective a little bit more, and you let them know who you were, and you got a little bit more socially engaged, then the next time they find out that a bunch of kids were blown up in a hospital and their names are Abdullah and Mahmoud and Abdurrahman and Muhammad and Kareem, then maybe they would say, hey, I know a guy named Kareem. I know a guy named Abdullah. They're good guys. And I don't think I want my taxpaying dollars going to this destruction. But if we stay silent and we don't say anything, and you completely ignore any social engagement, then you can expect what is going on to continue. So may Allah Ta'ala make us of those who are socially engaged. May Allah Ta'ala make us people with strong personalities that get involved deeply in this masjid and in this community. May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who we want to get to know each other. We want to uplift one another. May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who, those of us who have experience, give some words of kindness and sweetness and love to those who are younger, uplift them and let them know that they have potential. Show them a better way. May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who volunteer to say, you know what, I want to get my 99. I want to hit that 99. I want to make sure I'm the cause 
that at least 99 non-Muslims, minimum, that's my base minimum for me to be safe. I have to do my part to organize and bring people to this message so they understand who we are. That Islam is about the belief in one God, that God sends books and messengers, and that there is a day of judgment. Explain these basic things and inshallah ta'ala, hopefully you've done your part. May Allah ta'ala make us of those people of understanding. May Allah ta'ala make us people of Qur'an. May Allah Ta'ala make his people of the Qur'an and his special chosen, chosen ones so that we can have a deep, deep foundation in our Iman and so that we can constantly, constantly be in conversation with our Lord. Ameen Ya Rabbil Alameen. Jazakul Khair. Wassalamu Alaikum Warahmatullahi Wabarakatuh.